0: We're on, oh. dude. Here we go. Oh, you good? Is there a way to
1: adjust the volume? Yeah, of
0: course. Lower? So, uh, yeah. How do you like that?
1: Uh, That's good. That's good? Yeah. All right.
0: Well, dude, thank you for coming, man. Such a short notice. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you replied right away, dude. And I got... Uh, Evan even re- recommended you. As I was re-
1: replying to you, he, he had messaged back and was like, try Luke Walls. Evan Warner? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's... He's so funny. Like, um... He's one person that I I can't wait to battle and roast battle, but I have to, I have to lose first, but yeah, he's, uh, he'll beat me, but he's incredible.
0: He's awesome. Yeah. Very, very just witty and on, on top of it all the time.
1: Yeah. Um, so you like doing roast battles? I love it. Yeah. It's a lot of work, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's been good. It's a good writing exercise because it makes you like write in a very structured way Mm -hmm. and like very concise. Um, but, uh. And it's also just so much fun. My favorite part is after the roast when the judges shit on you. Yeah. yeah. That part's always so great. <laughs> Give me a second. Let me let this out. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw you at a... Go ahead. I saw you – which
0: roast? Oh, it was the comic wars with CJ. Oh, yeah, yeah, That was a fun one. Yeah, I saw that one. You guys had a – set it the right tone, you know what I mean? For yeah. <laughs> for everybody else. Well,
1: that one, it was funny because – so they had that, um, that English woman. hmm who clearly did not understand what roasts are. <laughs> She's like, why are you guys talking about race stuff? And it's like, because that's what this is. And then they had, um, what's his name? Ellis. Uh, uh Jason Ellis? Jason Ellis, yeah. who, for all his skateboarding and MMA, is a real pussy. And Jim said anything to not upset <laughs> this black woman. And it was so funny. But like, um, I remember the next morning, Nate Welch sends in the group chat to me and CJ. He's like, thanks for starting us off right. Good races." <laughs> Which is funny because there was two white dudes and all the jokes were just about how the other one was racist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was that. No, that was fun. That was my first like kind of roast battle I saw in person. So yeah. That was, that, was, that was fun to see, dude. I thought you guys did great, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, no, it was a fun battle. Comic Wars is so different from roast battle just because you have to write so many more jokes. Oh, really? That it's oh, um, that makes sense. Yeah, because like two one minute rounds, yeah. and then especially if you're not like a if you're not doing like jam in the van or you're not the main event, um, con- roast battle is only three jokes. Damn. Which after you do comic wars, like oh that's easy. Comic wars is easier, you think? Then the no roast comic battle. wars is harder. Harder. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: That makes sense because just mater- more material.
1: Yeah. The only thing with roast battle is trying to win it, like uh, narrow it down to three jokes. Yeah. Yeah. But-
0: um, what, what's the process like with that? You just go to open mics and just run it? Yep. You just preface it and be like, hey, I got to roast battle, and then... You yeah, run so I have it. like Because a- I saw Forrest do that, Forrest Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: have like a two-week system mm-hmm. where two weeks out, I spend the whole week writing jokes, and I'll just like every day for like 30 minutes to an hour, either take a bath or go for a walk somewhere <laughs> nice, and um, that's where I write my jokes, and then the, the week bath. before... Baths are a great way place to write jokes in. <laughs> like Trumbo, like the comedic Trumbo. If yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I if I I would just wish I smoked so I could like really complete the picture. <laughs> but yeah, and then the week before, yeah, I just run them at mics, so the week before sucks because mm-hmm. it never really goes well in the room. Mm-hmm. But you just got to get a sense of like what people like and like what works. Okay,
0: that makes sense though, and that's it. it is grueling. I bet for like two weeks straight just doing. This yeah, shit, dude. There, you must uh, you must have a certain kind of, like, cynicism to you, right, to, like, kind of doing these roast battles. I've noticed that with a lot of people who do the roast battles. Not really. No?
1: Honestly, it's weirdly, like, the most amicable environment I've been in in comedy. What? Like, the whole roast battle community is great, and everyone's nice. Right. And, like, I don't know. I feel like I've really been, like, accepted. And then, like, the judges are nice to me, like, when I pass by them at the store. and yeah, That's no, awesome. That's it's... actually
0: a good way to kind of get your –
1: because you don't there. mean anything you say. That's true, yeah. That is true. Like, and I roast, like, everyone, with one exception, everyone I've roasted, I'm, like, better friends with afterwards. Ah. Uh, that's actually interesting. I feel like when you go through
0: something like that, right? Like, it, I, I equate it to film because I've never done a roast battle, but film, mm-hmm. like, you go through the trenches, they say. Yeah. And then you come out having a stronger relationship, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. So that's interesting yeah.
0: that that happens, actually. That's something yeah. I never...
1: I mean, you just spend 30 minutes to an hour every day just thinking about somebody. That's so true. Yeah. That is... That's
0: so true. And how's that process then? Like, let's say someone you don't know. How do you get info on that person?
1: So I'd say the person I'm roasting on this Tuesday, Guam Felix, I probably mm-hmm. know the least of like anyone I've roasted. And we actually met up at Starbucks, and we just like gave each other a list of things. No kidding. And like anyone I'm roasting, like we gave each other like a list of things about ourselves that we make fun of. No kidding. And dude. I just try to give like as much info as I can, like as much embarrassing stuff about myself as they as, they can, as I can give them. And then me and Guam just like discussed it, and we like asked back up questions. And
0: bro, that is so cool. Actually, that is that, yeah. that makes sense now. Why you guys come out closer because you have to spend that time getting to know someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then fucking doing the fucking battling shit.
1: Yeah, and I just have this notes thing in my phone that's just this list of bad things about me. I'm like, what if like an employer saw this? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, that's the other thing about roast Battle is it's um, Paige, I always forget her last name, but she's like one of the big people at Roast battle, Helicop's Planet. Mm -hmm. Um, In the LA Times article about it, she's like, Roast Battling is like radical self-acceptance because you basically have to just accept like I'm okay with all these glaring issues with who I am as a person. I think that's
0: a one great thing about stand-up though is that you have to do that. Yeah. Right? Even just to be funny, like you have to. Like there's no other way around that. You have to fucking dig deep and find those traumatic events almost. And yeah to tell a story about it
1: yeah you have to also like put on just like a, a humility that you don't need in other aspects of life to just be okay mm. with people making fun of it and actually at fourth wall uh, a couple days ago uh, i really admired this about you and me and another comic group talking about it later is like everyone's like taking shots at you like during their sets yeah yeah and then you just you take it so well and like that kind of makes people be like all right he's cool well yeah Um, well
0: i appreciate that by the way but i think what that is is just i've my whole life i've always kind of been made fun of Mm -hmm. and like in and most of the time in subtle ways too you know what i mean and i just let it roll off the tongue and i feel like that's something that i don't know if it's just something that i've done maybe it's being asian you know what i mean i don't know but it's (laughs) it's one of those things that i've always played into and it's always been like i don't want to say a tactic but like something that i know that my first couple months are going to be rough but And it's just roasting with the homies. You know what I mean? Like that's what it is. Like me and the homies, we would just fucking get stoned in a garage and just roast each other for like eight hours a day. You know what I mean?
1: It is funny because like when you like spend a whole mic of that happening Mm -hmm. afterwards, everyone thinks more of you. Mm. But if in one instance, and I mean, you see this all the time on mics, one guy is like, no, you don't say that about me. Yeah, Everyone's like, this guy sucks. Yeah. And And it doesn't help if they do suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: like if they suck at comedy and they're doing that that's like a no no. I I've, I've uh, realized.
1: Anytime you see someone come from like SoundCloud rapping to try and try comedy afterwards, that person is never received well because I mean, for one thing, it's usually a white guy talking like a black guy. So people, you got to make fun of it. yeah. And they're, because I mean, in rap music, you can be sensitive and have your feelings hurt. Right. But in comedy, you have to at least pretend to have a thicker skin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think I do have a pretty thick skin. I was bullied a lot, dude. Yeah, me too. Yeah, dude, right? (laughs) I saw that, uh, actually, the Instagram reel. I forget what podcast it was, but it was a Filipino dude. And he talked about getting bullied, getting called gay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All, All this is one.
1: Yeah, yeah, dude. That's the thing. I was noticing that I was thinking about this this morning is you and all this uh, just two Filipino dudes with pretty well like made podcasts and like good clips. And somehow something translates from the skills of being a nurse to being, the, <laughs> being a podcast producer.
0: <laughs> that is funny. I think what it is is just we like to talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because as a nurse and stuff like that, you and Filipinos in general are just very personal, very welcoming. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I, I actually uh, was born in Hawaii, so oh, really, it's, yeah. And then I lived there for seven years, and then moved to Vegas, with both cities are very hospitality-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and it's just my mom too. She we've just been so comfortable and just going out there and making feel people feel comfortable. And I also had I had a job at YouTube, so this kind of stuff had helped. Oh, me. Okay, nice. Yeah, but overall, I think just. Spending my whole life with older folks, because my mom, like, she, uh, she's in the healthcare business and stuff like that, and just my whole, since I was seven, I would just talk to the elderly folks, and this is what it would be yeah. my whole life, you know what I mean? And it just kind of translated as I'm shifting in towards something where conversation and talking is the main point of the art within yeah. podcast and uh, stand-up, you know? I just have the skills of the filmmaking and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's an iPhone, so it's not that impressive and natural lighting, so... It, you know what I mean, but the editing—that's where I
1: kind of. The thing is, you can't tell when you watch the clips oh. that it's on an iPhone or that it's natural lighting.
0: I appreciate that. Dude. Yeah, thank you. Man. That's the magic, right, of filmmaking, dude. Like, that's what I learned. Like, you can—we did things where we would shoot on one wall and everything else, obviously, with flats. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you could just break down the set. So I kind of learned from that. Yeah, and my I girlfriend's mean... a designer as well, so she did all. Oh, these. nice. Yeah.
1: Cause yeah, I mean, cause I saw I think it was like last week for the first time I saw like a clip of your podcast. I think it was Miranda Meadows. Okay, and you're doing it. So something that bothers me, and it's, I've been on a few podcasts where mm. I'm like, I don't want to share this, right? Because it's kind of putting the cart before the horse, or they're like doing a lot of clickbaity stuff. Yeah, and they're not just focused on like the quality of the thing. Right. But I watch your clips, I watch your interviews and shit, and it's all well done, and it's focused on like doing a good thing. Uh, yeah. or like a good job with the conversation and then you just put out the clips and make that as good whereas i see a lot of people and they're all like this is all clip oriented right clickbait and,
0: like you said going viral yeah and like yeah. the
1: titles because one of them was like is luke wall the next roast battle champion and this is after i did like two roasts and i'm uh, like I see. there's no way i'm sharing this yeah because it's embarrassing for me right um, oh that's
0: that's actually good feedback because sometimes i will try to do that get clickbaity but it never yeah. works out dude and like yeah. the whole, the whole idea of this the whole mission statement for this podcast was honestly at the beginning for me to just learn about stand up and try to progress as fast as i can through experienced comedians right you know and it trust me dude like i don't think if i if i didn't start this podcast i there's no way in my stand up i would be right where i am cuz th- there mm. are things that people tell me where i don't see at first but i'm aware of and when i finally do see it on the dot i can i'm like okay so this comedian said that there was a, this was the problem, I know how to fix it now. Yeah. As opposed to just going into it blindsided where I don't talk to anyone and I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like I can equate it back to CJ, the second episode I had. Dude told me he did 21 mics a week and I was fucking
1: floored. I was bro. watching that clip and oh it's funny, God. I have like the same rule for myself mm-hmm. and I think that is, I think it's a good rule, um, especially because I mean, one so, like the day I did my first ever open mic, mm-hmm. I watched um Ari Shafir's like comedy advice mm-hmm. video. Mm-hmm. It's like a three hour video, but it's got a lot of oh, good wow. stuff, some of it's outdated, but he said like for the first five years, all you're focused on is getting good, yeah, and I think, yeah, if you have the if you're lucky enough to live in l a or New York, uh definitely shoot for that,
0: yeah. yeah, and obviously, just to do it faster it's not gonna happen, you know what I mean 'cause you can't rush things like this, but yeah. i I'm just trying to see if I can. And at the same time, if someone wanted to start stand-up, they could just go to the Instagram page, right, and then kind of see what I pick out or just go listen to the podcast and learn something. And
1: you've done a good job of picking out, like, good advice. Thank you. Um, Because, yeah, like, that CJ one. um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, actually what Mo was saying about, like, the ego thing. Yeah, man, that that was... solid
0: advice. Dude, that's something I've struggled with with everything I've done. Like I was telling him in the podcast, jujitsu, filmmaking, fucking everything, dude. And with this, I don't want that. Like, I... uh, I do you know this book, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? I've heard the name. So it's like a self help book. uh, The author's name is Mark Manson. I follow him on Twitter, but he said on Twitter he he did a tweet and he was just like, "Don't think you're the undiscovered genius at your art. Yeah, think of it as just you want to be a student, and that's why that's when I started this podcast. I was like, this is why I have to do it because I'm a student of stand up now. I'm a student of this, and that's all. That's the best I can do, (laughs) right? I I can get good at it, hopefully. You know what I mean." uh i no, or nothing can happen but i'm okay with that because my goal for this is just to be the best student of stand up i can possibly be dude
1: and that's such a good way to approach it cuz like i said before like putting the cart before the horse mm, mm. and so like when i did comedy in canada there's so much like the supply and demand is completely turned over right so there's like so few comedians and so much shows everyone within like the first couple months is like i need to be paid for every show mm. I'm doing. They stop they don't a lot of people just don't do open mics and they're wow. like six months in. Wow. Um, and it's you don't develop if you have that idea. Mm. Like the all the rejection we face in LA and New York, all the like the humbling, and like you go to the store and like no one is like you're nothing, like quiet down in this conversation. Yeah, that's so good for us. Right. Um Right, true. Yeah, the more like you gotta kinda grind through these hardships and then eventually it it goes well and like especially with like being paid, I always ask people, I'm like, would you pay to see you? And I mean for most people, if they're being honest, it's like, no, not no. yet.
0: Yeah, no, not at all.
1: <laughs> I would I, not pay I to see I've you. I think I've recently got to the point where I'm like, Yeah, I would but
0: And how long have you been doing stand up?
1: Four and a half years.
0: Gee, I see that's really common with everyone i talk to is three to four to five years you're finally like understanding two years like you see a shift but that three to five is like where you become an adult yeah almost right
1: and like some of that time like obviously during the pandemic i was in canada i couldn't do it at all Mm. but then at the same time while i've been in la or new york i've been doing you know the cj method of like shooting for 21 a week yeah i've upped it for sure
0: yeah yeah, especially recently where i kind of slowed down on the podcast and really started focusing on the stand-up I've I've upped it to like maybe I'm at fifteen now maybe, 15 yeah. To that's 20. good. Yeah.
1: I mean that's if you stay consistent with that, like that's going to be big development. And it's also it's so important to be a constant presence in the scene. Right. Yeah. Because people that I people that I only see every once in a while, I don't really you know devote my time to get to know them. Exactly. I don't really want to do like shows. I wouldn't ask them on the podcast. because right. You know they're not really you know, into
0: it. Right. hundred percent dude. And that's yeah. what I was. That's why I was so grateful that my first two was Joe and then CJ, especially yeah. CJ, bro. Cause like that was one where I felt like everyone's like, okay, this kid,
1: he's kind of corny, but he's nobody's doing <laughs> <laughs> well. And Joe, if you're looking for like a, you know, like a role model of work ethic, mm-hmm. I mean, look no further. Right. He's I was telling uh, someone yesterday. It was like, as far as the school of rock, never stop rocking thing. Dude, that's holy that's shit, Joe entirely. But I mean, these just running fourth wall. Which, by the way, he is the guy that came up with the slotted method, really, which is so beneficial to people trying to do you know 15, 20, 20 mics exactly because you can do them hour after hour. Is he
0: really the godfather of this? He is. No shit.
1: Yeah, he started because before it was all bucket mics and like lists, and it would take a long. You know, when you go to those mics, you don't get up as soon. Right. Um, and this one, you know exactly when you're going up exactly dude that's crazy he's the og of that that's wild and, and he's been running it and i mean yeah like you can just see like how dedicated he is to it
0: bro i went to the show last night the late one and fucking i asked him i was like dude when do you go on vacation and he's <laughs> like <laughs> and then he was like i do go on vacation i go back up to see my parents in north california i'm like no dude for like he's like for three days i'm like no that's not a vacation that's just a weekend
1: exactly he drives yeah, it's like six hours a of- away to see his parents
0: yeah dude so i I mean i give it up for him this this shit gets difficult especially having to deal with some comedians man yeah
1: well that yeah that's the thing too it's (laughs) like he runs like sometimes you will complain about fourth wall because it's like the rules are pretty strictly enforced Mm -hmm. but again that lets you do it like because then you're not dealing with other people's nonsense exactly you don't have people coming out doing their set and then leaving exactly because like i host a badger and jam and that happens a lot oh really and or i used to host there Mm -hmm. but um yeah, it's nice to have those rules enforced to so have one place where it's like pretty strict and you just know you go there and you follow the rules. Yeah, and, and it's supportive too.
0: And, and it's, yeah, they are, yeah. dude. They're supportive. Like I went today to the improv, dude, and it was maybe seven of us, all dudes. But fucking the greatest fucking time today, bro. We were just riffing off Man. each other, dude. It's so much fun just going to these fucking...
1: Those improv mics are so valuable. So valuable. Just for like learning to kind of think on your feet, but also you get material out of mm-hmm. it. So that's, dude, for the first three, like, two and a half months, that's what I was
0: doing. I was just hiss- hitting improv mics. Nice. And every once in a while, I hit open mic, but the improv is what made me comfortable and find out what are, what's making people laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? So those, I, I agree, they're so beneficial, especially for someone starting out,
1: dude. Yeah. Really cool.
0: How long have you been doing it? Three months. Three months, okay. Three, like, three months in a week.
1: Yeah. Well, it's yeah. good that you, I mean, like, um, people know you at this point. Well, I kind of had to help. In... I knew Miranda.
0: Okay. Uh, I had worked with her once, like I, almost two years ago. And then my first open mic in L.A., she was at, at Fourth Wall. And I was like, yo, nice. we work together. And then that's what kind of helped me like get into the community, I feel like. Yeah.
1: yeah just because she was really nice to me, you know. That's another person who works hard. I mean, she's dude, got – she runs two of the most popular shows for comics to go right? to, like Comic Wars and Shenanigans. Right. Um, she, I know she's at those noon ones a lot. Right. And yeah, na- dude. And now she's a door guy.
0: Dude, she's a hustler. Yeah, she is a hustler. She's fucking great.
1: Yeah, we uh, cause our battle, uh, me and hers, the jam in the van. Oh uh, like, yeah, I saw some the clip. The clip just yeah, came out yeah, yeah, yeah. this week, and we're both like, they edited it so weird that it makes it look like we're both bombing. We're like, we swear it was a good battle. <laughs> That's interesting with the edit too. Like I, I, I,
0: I'm starting to see now how people are using the edit, especially because mm-hmm. I do it. You know what I mean? I'm, but like how they can manipulate yeah um and, and how it could not manipulate but take away sometimes mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah um so that's interesting because
1: if you watch the youtube video it doesn't look as bad okay i'll watch the youtube video. but um yeah i know <laughs> and i was so glad because like she brought it up when i saw it for the first time after it came out uh-huh. and i'm like i'm so glad you said that because yeah. <laughs> it's been bothering yeah. me for a day now
0: <laughs> no she's a real one bro she's she's one of those like she's And from my understanding, she kind of stays away from the social media and like she understands that the art rather than marketing the art. You know what I mean? Or not marketing the art. I don't want to say that wrong, but she she knows where her heart is in this, in the game. You know what I mean?
1: And for me, like who I like kind of like want to associate with and like want to work with, that's one of the biggest things. Because, I mean, you see some people and they have a huge social media following and then you see them. At a mic or like at a show and like oh they're bad they're terrible at this.
0: Uh, It's wild, dude. Like at first I was coming into this all green and shit. I was impressed by everybody and then but it's like after like the first month you can pick out, you can sniff them out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like what you said. There's people here who have like hundreds of thousands of followers,
1: but they step on stage and it's
0: like what the fuck.
1: And it can feel mean. Like I have like I get like a pit in my stomach when I'm like this comic is just bad, doesn't get comedy or this comic and this is especially like when they're I feel like they're manipulating comedy mm-hmm. um, but I feel like if you care about comedy you kind of have to call it out
0: yeah um, yeah absolutely and you as a comedian you feel fake doing it you yeah. know what I mean like you can tell like when they're on stage and they're, it's just not there like yeah. there's no soul
1: Well, that's also the funny thing about these uh, like the WGA and the SAG strike mm-hmm. is you'll see members of the guild show up but never twice <laughs> 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 so many WGA people come into mics and they're like, "Yeah, I'm actually like a professional. Like, if you have any questions, you know, let me let me just ask." And then they get up and they're like, "Oh, this is an entirely different ball game." <laughs> let me check this lighting because
0: I feel like it's gotten
1: darker. Oh, good. Um, it's almost like turned me against the guilds a little bit, just t- the condescension <laughs> from the members. <laughs> First day after the SAG strike, this one actor comes to a mic and he comes to the store oh with god us afterwards, man. and um, so there's a whole group of us, and he's kind of dominating the conversation. So everyone's annoyed, everyone leaves but me, <laughs> and then he shows me his reel on his phone. Oh my god, are you serious, bro? And I, I, you know, I couldn't believe it was. It's one of those things that if you heard it, someone tell that story on stage, you're like you're making that up, but it was no, uh, it happens, man. It fucking happens, bro. It's funny, it the totally different mindset between actors and comics. Oh,
0: my gosh. It's wild.
1: Yeah. That so being wild. said, once I get to Toronto, I'm going to start auditioning for stuff. <laughs> Are you? Just because you got to try. Yeah, I true. mean. And, dude, they're making
0: movies out there now, especially with the strike going on. They're going to Canada. They're going to yeah. Korea, Europe, everywhere but America, which is smart if you want to keep making content. You know what I mean? That's so a, this a could be bad because if they
1: find out like how much cheaper it is to make it in Canada and they just get used to it well
0: dude fucking even tom hanks is saying he i I don't know what it was i've quickly glimpsed over it but he was saying how ai now is just going to start making movies of younger tom uh, younger tom hanks and he's like he's going to go out of business and it's just like well i mean he's not far off you know what i mean like look at avatar how much they were able to achieve with avatar in terms of real realism you know and everything like marvel movies now you know it's crazy bro i don't know where that's going
1: like the I feel KM like stuff. people always say, like, is ChatGPT going to, like, replace comics? Right. But ChatGPT won't say anything racist or problematic, so I'm good. <laughs> it's just going to be me, ChatGPT, and Michael Richards crushing comedy in five years. <laughs> Michael fucking Richards <laughs> and the legend. <laughs> fucking A, dude.
0: Uh, what was I going to say? So, I've always heard about the Gen Z crowd. And yeah. how you kind of have to tailor your jokes for it. I oh, just heard about it. Last night I went to a show, mainly Gen Z, and I finally saw what it was like. <laughs> how do you, and I was with a comic who I think is a killer, dude, and nothing from this crowd, nothing, because yeah, he's yeah. a little bit more edgy.
1: How do you prep for that? So people are always like, because whenever I do like an East Side show or an East Side mic, like I have friends that are like, how did you do that? But honestly, my tight 5 is not nearly as rough as what I do at Mike's. So, like, I just have like topics I go to for that, mm. or if it's a lot of women or something like that. Um, and it's mostly just about, like, me trying to kill myself and, like, being a virgin. And um, that's what they laugh at? That's what they're cool with. Okay. If you look at, cause Gen Zs are so into, like, their that's trauma so true, and whatnot, man. that if you just, like, kind of trauma dump, they're like, this is normal to us.
0: That makes so much Whereas, sense. Whereas,
1: like, if you're doing, like, an older crowd, they're like, oh, yeah tried to kill yourself
0: feel bad for you yeah we want to help because then I, mean, I also have so like true. that's that's kind of true and fucked up yeah that that's the generation that's like
1: ah, ha, 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 you got fucked up too so you kind of just get a sense of like what kind of audience is like yeah with them and then with black crowds, I just do all basically just racism for really? 10 minutes and that's what works
0: racism against black white. people no kidding and it works I basically black. get up
1: and be like I'm annoyed by you guys and and it works. Better than any other kind of comedy in front of any audience. Holy
0: fuck, no way. There's two
1: dude. ways to do well in front of black c- crowds. One is like the Gary Owen way of just pandering the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then the other way is just kind of with reckless abandon. And I learned no that shit. there was this there's show in Brooklyn that was like all black show. It was like a black on business. And I was doing bad, and I also, like, I was getting a low blood sugar, Mm. uh, because I have diabetes. Mm -hmm. And then I was, like, grabbed the stool, and I sit on it, and I'm like, I wasn't really thinking clearly at that point, because, like, when your blood sugar's low, you can't think straight. Right. And so I was like, sorry, I have diabetes, which is, that's why they let me on a black show. And And it was one of the biggest pops I've ever gotten in my life. And... (laughs)
0: Bro, that is amazing. I don't think I've posted it
1: anywhere, but I have the clip on my phone. You should, dude, you have to. That I'm is just amazing. one guy and one old man in the back yelling, talk that shit. <laughs> and then no I was like, way, oh, this bro. is what you do. No fucking um, way.
0: Have you seen an Asian in front of a black crowd? Because I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm terrified. I'm terrified to go up in front of a black crowd. I have no idea what to talk about.
1: So my biggest advice if you're going to try – well, again, because my the only method I do is that like reckless abandon thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing any kind of like offensive or like kind of off-topic like comedy, the biggest thing is you can't entertain the thought that you shouldn't be doing this.
0: You can't entertain the thought of you shouldn't be doing.
1: It. Like okay, you gotta like, talk like this is. I'm like, saying this, and of course I'm saying this because yeah. this is right, and we're all on board. And um, but okay. yeah, no, like okay, don't. Cause a lot of people want to pander to black audiences mm-hmm. and a lot of people want to apologize, like especially if you're a straight white guy yeah. and, um, you know, there's no kind of comic I hate more than the, I'm sorry, I'm a straight white guy comic. Mm, okay. But, that um, makes sense. Just go up there and be like, uh, either have the confidence in who you are or feign the confidence in who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing too with black crowds is confidence. Mm,
0: true. Or fake confidence. Yeah, that's very true.
1: Um, no, but I mean, after you do a couple, you figure it out. Okay okay yeah. are
0: there any like black open mics
1: not not in la really no there used to be next up which was like kind of the closest thing we had uh-huh but um that stopped but that was a great mic i loved it so much shit um yeah new york has more of them oh,
0: okay okay so are you gonna be so you're moving to toronto in a couple weeks are you yeah. gonna be going to new york
1: yeah that's the yeah. plan is to as much as i can go out there for a week at a time and okay because yeah i work from home so i can kind of be wherever. oh nice yeah
0: okay hell yeah um well let's talk about you coming on the show because I'd put out for to preface this, I'd put out a post on the successful failure asking for a comic who was Christian and you replied and also Evan Warner and I don't know, this is not because of the whole Joe Rogan thing right now.
1: Like I saw <laughs>
0: like I saw that clip today. Oh, the
1: Oliver Anthony thing? Yeah.
0: I haven't watched it yeah. yet, but yeah. I didn't even know he was on the podcast and I had no idea the dude was Christian. So this is not yeah. I wanna preface this is not because of that. It's because <laughs> Honestly, dude, like it's been a thing where I I just had a deep conversation with a buddy of mine a couple of days ago and Preface even more. I grew up Catholic my whole life, right? You know, basically it was I'm I'm, I feel like a fucking God is talking to me You know, how long have you been a Christian
1: my whole life? I mean I started taking it seriously. I'd say around like sophomore year of college. Okay Um,
0: Was there an event that happened or what was that?
1: Uh, just kind of the community I was in I went to a very small Christian college and I just had like a lot of good mentors And I was kind of learning more like the theological aspects, like the deeper theological things. And that was big for me, just Mm. like understanding it more. Mm -hmm. And then
0: you've read the Bible? Yeah. The whole thing? Yeah. And so basically, like I said, I I grew up, went to Catholic school up until I was 18. As soon as I turned 18, I was like one of those people that went completely atheist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Catholicism, dude, that's a really different
1: yeah Ball game and that's like a funny thing in comedy is i have to keep con- uh explaining i'm like it's a, they're two different religions mm-hmm. um very different but yeah, different. But yeah different. if you're not like if you're not protestant and like serious about it like everyone's like sounds the same yeah
0: yeah but, um and then when i was 26 i fucking did some acid and i was like oh there is a god you know what <laughs> I mean? and because of how things have been going these past couple of years, since especially since, like, 2020, 2021. I've been finding myself just, like, closer and closer going back to cr- the Christian side. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, not back to Catholicism, but more of Christianity. And I don't know why, dude. Like, like I said, I was talking to my buddy, and he's very, very Christian, and we talk. I've knew him since high school. Yeah. And... He was just like, he's just, he'll find you. You know what I mean? And bro, as soon as I got off that phone call, I turn on Spotify and the first fucking song was Isaiah Ryder. It was uh, Heavenly Father. Oh yeah, I like that one. And I was like, bro, what? and I listened to the song and I was like, dude, this is weird. And even deeper is that, remember we went to the comedy store like a week ago? Yeah. I was going to ask you to be on the podcast, but I, you know, reading you was kind of hard. I didn't think you fucked with me. So I was just like, (laughs) all right, whatever. Like uh, Maybe I'll ask him before he leaves. (laughs) And it was just so weird how if I were to ask you then, I would have had you on the podcast earlier, and we wouldn't have ever had this conversation about Christianity. So, again, it's like one of those things where it's a sign, dude. You know what I mean? I don't know. Basically, I don't know why I even – I just want to talk about this. Like what – I don't know. What am I supposed to do, bro? Because it it just (laughs) – it's so hard for me to talk and so hard for me to put in words because I've just been thinking about it for so long. You know what I mean? Even with my girlfriend, like I'll tell her sometimes, but I'm just kind of working things out. Like, but with every, they always say with every good, there's bad, you know, the, the moon needs the sun, right? The yin and the yang. And because of all the evil that's just been coming out these past few years, dude, there's gotta be the same amount of good. And honestly, dude, i'm finding out that god and christianity i don't know if it's technically religion but just god and period is like i see it now yeah you know what i mean i'm, I'm not saying that i'm full-blown religious again and, or christian or anything like that but just developing a relationship you know what i mean like yeah it was have weird you,
1: have you uh like tried going to church since no I,
0: I i haven't dude i haven't been to church since maybe i was 19 for like christmas or something like that okay obviously catholic church or actually there was actually a small stint where i went to a christian church but that one felt really culty okay. so i dipped out yeah um, that's the
1: thing is there's like a there's a very wide breadth of like the denominations and how they like because yeah like there's a lot of people like people would associate like joel steen with what i am right dude and i'm like well no he's he's the opposite of what god wants right um and i hate when people pick one person out of
0: a group. And yeah it's like you know what i mean especially with politics that's how politics is dude yeah it's like divine conquer right yeah. like fucking let them fight and then we can do whatever we want
1: what's the thing is like people assume i'm like hardcore like conservative republican because i'm like the christian guy, right right and, and i'm like i don't vote or care about any
0: of that's it. so stupid to fucking look at people though you know what i mean yeah. as soon as you attach them to something it's like don't give me don't even give them a chance yeah. You know, and maybe that's a part of why I kind of left filmmaking because there was only one ideology you had to follow mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And if you didn't follow it, you didn't fit in.
1: That's so freeing about comedy is that Dude, there's more.
0: You can't, you don't even know, bro. The things yeah. I say on stage, I could never say on yeah. a film set. Never.
1: That's how I felt coming out of law school, Is like, yeah, you can't say anything. And like, I was like, I would still say it because I've always been super open about it. But I'm like, I knew there would be like heat if I mentioned I was Christian. Mm. Um, do you have any
0: Christian jokes that you go to
1: yeah uh there's a few I've been trying to do one about like the second commandment and how like uh like Catholics always have these images of God mm-hmm. and I'm like dude you blew it after two yeah. <laughs> 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 now I have a few um and then like a lot of it comes out through like the jokes about like abstinence and stuff because mm. um, that's like so foreign to most comics right very true very true um and yeah like a lot of people sometimes people are like surprised to find out i'm a christian because like the roast battling and like just the topics i do of like race and Mm -hmm. like all that and stuff but um like i don't think like the christian method is not to ignore that there's sin in the world or bad things and so like i'm not going to just avoid these topics because of it like i'm going to make jokes and then also you know in comedy it's you have to understand that they're jokes. Like, obviously, I'm not in favor of, like, slavery. Right. Or, of like, course. rape. Yeah, I'm just talking about it. Right. Um, and I think, like, I always say, like, I'm not a clean comic, but I do think I make sin look bad. <laughs> and so that's, like, the evangelism I do on stage. Because <laughs> there, there was a guy that would come to Fourth Wall a lot, and he, like, had recently become a Christian, but he would just be so aggressive Like, he wouldn't do jokes. He would just kind of, like, preach for $5 a fourth wall. And it was not well received. Like, you do kind of got to just, like, become a part of the community and, like, kind of people see how your life is different. Right. And I have had people, like, comics, like, reach out to me and be like, I'm kind of starting to, like, come to Christianity. And that's awesome. Um, What do you
0: find, what do you notice that's similar with all of us Coming to you and <laughs> talking about
1: well, a lot of it is I'm the only Christian they know, or like the mm. one that's serious about it. Because there's also a, there's a good number of Christians that I've met in comedy who are like I'm also Christian, but keep you know keep it on the DL. No way, and that's so frustrating. That is fucked up. Yeah, or like people who because are that's like, why
0: I haven't said I'm Christian or you know what I mean, fully on
1: board because I don't feel like I can commit to yeah. that commitment. Well, I think there's a responsibility if right. you're a Christian, especially in something where there's not a lot to be outspoken about it and never deny it Mm -hmm. and that's what bothers me too is there's a lot of like comics who like claim christianity but then whenever they talk about it on stage it's just about how stupid it it is dude um and that's literally in
0: the bible like even though my background's in catholicism that's literally what they talk about like that's why people were getting killed yeah you know what i mean because of that kind of shit Mm -hmm. I, I i don't know man that's it's it that's a strange thing that People hide it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. But it is also, like, just so cool when you meet another Christian in comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know if you know Daniel Lee. Um, I don't know. He's Christian. He's open about mm-hmm. it. There was one guy in New York that I hung out with a bunch, and he's, like, very open about it and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, it's great. Um, but, yeah, you do kind of feel like you're on an island sometimes. And, like, people won't want to, like, discuss their evening plans with you. Right. But then, yeah. It's um, and it's also weird because like I would never be like on the Christian comedy circuit because mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what I do. Yeah, right. Um, true. Which I mean, there's so much money in yeah. that. It's <laughs> very true too.
0: That's very true.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like um, I don't know. One thing that's been like really encouraging is, uh, do you know you know Nate Gatsy comic? He's a comic from Nashville. He's Christian and he's like all clean. Oh, Nate Brigazzi. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's got uh, like his podcast with three other Christian yeah. guys or wh- okay. one Catholic, two Christian guys. Um, and that's awesome just that that exists. Right. And it's like something I can point to of like, it's not all lame and corny. Mm-hmm. There's these like four funny guys who have like one of the most successful comedy podcasts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great. Yeah. Just like having something like that to point to. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, even like the Joe Rogan thing, dude, like that guy, <clears throat> the whole idea of it is that this is like a conspiracy theory, but they're saying that with Joe Rogan, if he turns Christian, then that's going to be the biggest platform for Christian, you know what It, uh, it would, I mean, it would right? be huge. Right. Um, and again, this is, ne- I'm not doing this fucking episode because <laughs> of Joe Rogan, okay?
1: <laughs> I've got fucking personal <laughs> problems I'm going through, so I'm trying to figure it out. No. Yeah. Um, And he is kind of admired by a lot of Christians. Not, not, I mean, not like everyone recognizes that he's like kind of like agnostic, but. Mm. um, Well, he just speaks his mind. That's the thing, is there like, because like, especially nowadays. Yeah,
0: dude. And that's the thing that I don't get, like throughout history, if in any part of history, even now, not even history, in governments now, like let's say Russia, North Korea, China, if you were to say anything against the ideology of their government, you would be put to jail. Yet we're kind of doing it here. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, you get canceled. Right? And it's just like, oh, that would never happen to us, but we're doing it
1: right fucking now. Yeah, and, like, whenever you, like, mention an episode of Joe Rogan, you got to, like, clarify. Yeah, dude. And it's just like, I don't understand how people don't see the
0: correlation with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, again, coming into comedy, you most of you or most of the people I met are real ones, bro, where they can see that BS. No matter where they are in the political yeah. line. You know what I mean? Left or right, dude. Like everyone's here. just fucking free and open and know that it doesn't come from a hurtful place, but we can make fun of this shit.
1: Comedy. Definitely sh- just being in it definitely takes you out of the idea of like them versus us for a lot of people. But then there's some people who get even more and their whole set is mm-hmm. like, if you go, I mean, you go to an East side, Mike, and it's all just like, my dad's a Republican. So I hate him, even though he pays for my apartment. And, uh, it's just so much of that and it's annoying but and that's why you like you kind of like Shane Gillis does such a good job of it he really does of just towing the line yeah and he's like I got a Fox News Dad yeah. we all got Fox News dads. and that dude that just that line <laughs>
0: everyone fucking it popped dude yeah, he's
1: like you don't want a, you don't want an MSNBC dad <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right he's hilarious bro he's a great comic
1: uh, I can't wait for Tuesday it comes out yeah dude that's <laughs>
0: right that's right. Well, who's your favorite comic right now in the game?
1: Right now is Shane Gillis. Yeah, I saw him at the Cellar when I was in New York earlier this year. Okay. And it was like nothing I've ever seen. Really? Um, Yeah. Like that's the most like starstruck I've ever been. I was like, I go, like I went home and I was like, I'm never going to reach that. Mm-hmm. But that's the only goal now mm-hmm. is to be that level.
0: Um, what is the ultimate goal for you for this stand up stuff? Like what is it? What would be the end goal for you?
1: Um, Oh, shoot. What's his name? Uh, I want David Tell's life. David Tell? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be very respected by other comics yeah. for my joke writing. I want to, during the week, I want to do clubs in either LA or New York. And then during the weekend, I want to do The Road. Um, yeah, I don't have like any like acting aspirations or like writing. Um, I just want to do stand-up and just have that be what I do.
0: Are you afraid at all going to Toronto and having to – I don't want to say restart, but like getting to know the community. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Especially because there's – Like when I did comedy in Alberta, where I'm from, so much negativity that I never experienced here. Really? Um, How? Like what? uh, I mean, again, because of like the opportunities I was talking about earlier, they – Like an Alberta comic will have – And this is not like there are people there that I – had a great time getting to know, but generally, they have eight times the ego with half the talent of like someone oh my gosh, at dude. the same level in LA or New York. Oh my gosh, just because they're kind of coddled and right. like they get stuff too early. And mm. so, I'm nervous it's going to be like that in Toronto because it is a, like it's the biggest scene in Canada, but right. it's still small, much smaller than what I'm used to. That's just um, true. But I mean, people keep telling me it's good. And I have friends that, like, did comedy there, and they're like, yeah, I'll try to, like, introduce you to people. Okay, that's but, good. But, um, yeah, no, I'm definitely nervous. Yeah. yeah, I think
0: you'll do fine, bro. I was talking to another comic today about it, because I told him I was going to have you today, and he's just like, you're a killer. You'll do fine out there, bro.
1: Hopefully. But the other thing is, like, in Canada, it's so much more sensitive. Than L.A.? Yeah, so that Gen Z crowd kind of idea? Yeah. That goes basically throughout the age spectrum. What especially the fuck? in the cities. Like if you go out into the country and do like a biker bar, yeah. You can let it fly. Makes sense. But um no, and that was another thing is there was so much of that um politics. It's like, oh you can't like you really can't be middle ground there. You gotta be far left. Um Oh my gosh, bro. I don't understand how people don't see this, like
0: how this is like a problem. Well in Canada,
1: mean? like one comic, um the human rights board like sued him and then it went all the way to the supreme court uh luckily he ended up winning for what a joke uh, for making jokes about a retarded kid yeah
0: dude are you serious
1: it's wild and like um yeah the trial level he lost the appellate level he lost and then it took the supreme court to be like i guess we can't do this but they were like like if you read the opinion like they're very begrudging to you know what follow the, the fuck? charter of rights and freedoms it's wild um,
0: Holy shit, I had no idea it was like that, man
1: There's like a Canadian comedy union mm-hmm. That started off And like you don't really have to join it It's There's no teeth to it But um, it started off as like Just a way to try to work on the visa situation Because mm-hmm. it's so much harder for Canadian comics To come down here Than it is for Americans to go up there And um, But then they kind of gave up on that And now it's just like We don't support this club Because they let this guy perform Dude, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And they're like, that's yeah, wild. pay your dues. And I'm like, I'm not paying for my dues for an organization that's going to tell me that I'm blacklisted. So That is wild, bro. So my hope is that Toronto is a big enough scene that that's not it. Because the other thing is, these scenes are like Edmonton and Calgary. They're too small to have a diversity of opinions. Because mm. like here, we have kind of like our clubs and like open mics and stuff Mm -hmm. and then we have the east side right which is kind of just this i've never done a other scene never done a mic there because Um, i hear
0: the same from everybody
1: yeah and like same in new york like they have like the brooklyn hipster area Mm. and then you have like the lower east side which is kind of what i would do Mm. um and so yeah but yeah edmonton and calgary were too small to have that so it's just one way goes but i'm hoping toronto's at least big enough that that's not happening.
0: I, that's so crazy. I had no idea that there's fucking businesses, or not even businesses, just corporations who fucking sued you for saying some sh- some shit. The government,
1: yeah, the government. Yeah, it was that's uh, so wild, bro. Yeah, Canada. I mean, Canada just in general is kind of off the reservation with that kind of stuff. But if it is like that, I'll just make a lot of trips to Detroit and New York. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Detroit's not that far from you either. Yes, you know, I think how's it's their like like comedy a four-hour drive.
1: Um, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard too much about the Detroit scene. Okay. But I imagine it's a lot of black shows.
0: That's true. That's very true. That'll be fun. Yeah, you'd be like the
1: fucking eight mile. Yeah. <laughs> out there in Detroit, dude. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah, coming with a very timid, slim, slim shady <laughs> method. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the canadian slim shady yeah <laughs> um i want to go back to the christian thing again yeah. because i just need to figure this out i feel like I, it's been I, like i said it's been feeling like it's just closer and closer that i have to kind of
1: have you ex- uh have you like been reading the bible at all like me that shot oh nice i don't um. know if it's
0: the right bible but it's just one i had I mean, there's only... And, like, I I haven't read all of it, you know what I mean, Most people haven't. I'll open the book and just read, like, a page or two just to kind of see what he's trying to tell me. Yeah. And, bro, crazy enough, I fucking read John 20 today. Okay. And it talks about fucking him ascending, you know what I mean, and telling his disciples to accept him as the son of... And, you know, it's just weird how that was the one I read today. And it's just like, dude, like, it's just... I've always been that guy where life will give you signs Mm -hmm. on what you got to do or what you should do. And I think this has just become one of those things, man, where I just, I don't want to say bow down, but it's just like, dude, like, again, there's so much evil that's happening right now. And people don't even realize how evil they are. You know, and it's not even like I'm saying, like, they're going out killing people, but it's just like a simple, you're welcome. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd, It'd be nice out here in LA to, when I say thank you, I can get a, you're welcome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or just look me in the eye and we can just, how was your day as opposed to just
1: fucking tr- looking like a fucking zombie. And honestly, a recognition of that is, is big. I think for like, I think most people's conversion stories begin with an acknowledgement of like the evil in the world and in themselves. Um, right? yes, dude. So like, what are like the kind of like denominator, like the branch of Christianity is called Calvin Calvinism. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's like five points of Calvinism. And the first one is total depravity. Um, which is just like this recognition that, kind of in and of ourselves, we're inherently sinful, right? And um, you know, it's evil and like right. Because if you go into Christianity without that acknowledgement that there's a need for God, right, and for like Jesus' work on the cross, then you're gonna lose it because and you're just I, wasting time. Your time it's, it's so easy time. to be like, well, I don't need this, right? Uh, and it's gonna be better to go do things that feel good. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's good that, like, it's a good building block, like, as that first step. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, honestly, like, consistency of, like, reading the Bible and, like, if you start going to church. Mm-hmm. As you do that, I mean, you're going to be, like, fed with more and more of, like, scripture and stuff. And it's going to, questions will be answered it's a slowly but surely thing, but... Um.
0: But it makes sense that that's the way it is, dude. Yeah. Because that's the way it's been. Dude, I've been fucking denying him since I was 18, bro. Before, like, maybe 16, 17. Yeah. I'm like, fuck this guy. This guy's not real, all this shit. And literally, dude, every step of the way, he's just fucking showed me something else different about it. And it's just like, bro, he's there. Yeah. He is literally fucking here right now, dude. And it's so fucking... Like, I get goosebumps just thinking about it, dude. And it's just, it's just fucking weird, dude, how... I don't know. It's like it go back to always the evil, and you know, I don't know, man. It's just so hard where you just feel like that's the only thing that's gonna that's gonna not protect you, not give you this strength, but to let me know that is okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because Catholicism, you really it's it's a I forget who I was talking to, but it's a really weird thing where there's the difference between Catholicism and Christianity. Is like with Catholicism, it's like not the relationship with God, but what you do for Him. Mm-hmm. in a sense right with the sacraments with the pro praying going to church and stuff stuff like that where christianity is really just a build like you got a building blocks of the relationship with god yeah. and that's what i was just like dude he wants that relationship with me i feel like i can feel it dude yeah. and it sounds so trippy. i've said believe me i've said I've like i said i was an acid fucking you know <laughs> yeah. like a, for like two three years so i've said some trippy shit this to me is the trippiest thing that yeah. i'm saying right now that I really do believe it that there is a God and fucking maybe in a sense he's telling me I'm on the right path Yeah. because with this comedy, this podcast dude, like there's no way that me going through all this and realizing and just being happy. Yeah. Dude, I was so fucking depressed before I got into
1: comedy and well, I was such a shitty person. I'm the same way. I feel like the biggest blessing that's ever been given to me is comedy. Right, dude. Um. Yeah. I've tried these other things and, you know, law school looks like it was now a very expensive mistake. <laughs> no kidding. But, um, yeah, and then, like, I, I started doing comedy, like, the last month of law school. And it's it's the most fun I've ever had doing anything. It's, the, like, the most fulfill, fulfillment I get. Agreed. Um, yeah, and, I mean, yeah, I think it is, like, a blessing that God gave to you, too. And it gives you, like, a contentedness. It also gives you a community. Right. Which is big. Cause, like, a
0: very comfortable community, dude, where I can talk about whatever I want yeah. and
1: not feel like I'm being judged. And honestly, like comedy, like most for the most part, um, people that aren't Christians are very welcoming of it. There's a few people who, like, shit on me or, like, I know, like, yeah, it's just an easy, think I'm it's, dumb.
0: Yeah, it's an easy thing.
1: But uh, most people, like, most people don't care. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, that's cool. Some people have come to Christianity and, like, talk to me. It's uh,
0: try bringing this on a film set, bro. You'd be burned to the stake. Exactly, it's crazy.
1: One of my favorite things is like sometimes a comic will like go up before me and they'll just like spend the whole time just shitting on com- uh, Christianity, mm-hmm. and then I'll get up and I'm like, That was good. I can't wait to hear your set about Islam. <laughs> 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 um, do it, you coward. <laughs>
0: what would be your suggestion for me moving forward with, I guess, building a relationship, dude? Like, obviously, I'm like. You know, reading the book, and when, like, when do you think? I mean, I guess it would just be a thing where, on my own, I would just go to church. You know what so I mean? So I
1: think that's a big thing. And like, if you read Hebrews, it talks a lot about like, um, that like church is meant to like it's it's one of the gifts from God of like this community of believers to like mm-hmm. build each other up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I Christianity isn't something you can do on your own. Um. Hmm like that relationship with God is obviously obviously that relationship is first but it's kind of like commingled with your relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Um so I would definitely recommend like find a church you're comfortable with. Right. Um, cuz yeah like obviously there's going to be ones that you're not. Exactly.
0: And that's what I'm afraid of. I don't want to get taken advantage of again, you know what I mean? Like I want yeah. I want I want if I'm going to go and do it like I want to find I don't want to go through the bullshit. I want to make sure the community I I am a part of is just is like there's nothing really shady about it. Everyone's cool people. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It feels culty sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it especially feels very if culty. you're
1: coming, like you haven't been in the church for right, a while yeah. or like you've been in like Catholicism and it is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I know like for a lot of people, it's easier to like join a church with like younger members mm-hmm. when they're like new. Um, oh, okay. So that might be something to look for. Um, uh, But yeah, and then just the consistency of, you know, reading the Bible. And I mean, uh, some books I might recommend. Yeah, please, please uh, do. C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. Okay. He Um, wrote,
0: C.S. Lewis wrote a book about Christianity?
1: Yeah, he's got a few theological books. Oh, shit. Um, And Mere Christianity is great because it is just like, it's kind of like an introductory. It's like a Christianity for dummies. Mm, Okay, Um, perfect for me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then uh, another one, it's uh, The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Okay. who de- He did something in the Holocaust for Jews. I don't remember what it was, mm-hmm. but he was, you know, helping Jews. Right, okay. Um. But yeah, his book, and like, you know, that didn't go well for him. Obviously. The book? Or no, just uh, helping Jews. Jews yeah, and
0: of course.
1: Nazis didn't like it.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why. But he,
1: that book is great. I think it's like a second book to read because whereas like mere Christianity is kind of like this introductory cost of discipleship does give you kind of that gravity of what it really means for it to be like impactful in your life. Mm, okay. Um, and also just like, you know, so like when they asked Jesus to like sum up the law, he said the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, and the second is like it. Um, Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think that's something a lot of people, that's what's so countercultural, especially like right now, is that a lot of Christianity is outward. You know, it's like you and God and then you and the people around you. Mm. Um, So you try to be, you know, loving. Right, exactly. Um, And that cost of discipleship really hits on that well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely recommend those two books. Okay. And they're not long. They're not tough reads or anything.
0: Yeah. Cause I did, I just feel like I, I don't know how to make this relationship stronger and I want to, yeah. you know, like I said, I don't know if I'm a Christian yet or not. I don't know what I am. You yeah. know what I mean? But maybe a believer. Yeah, maybe, yeah.
1: you know what I mean? But See, obviously like reading the Bible, that's the best thing mm-hmm, yeah. as far as like taking in knowledge about right. like God and your relationship with it in the world. Um, but, I mean, it's just helpful to have these books that explain it. Of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: yeah, absolutely. Especially, like, the first one that you said, the C.S. Lewis one, yeah. like, a, for a dummy. Like, because I'll read that some some passages. I'm like, what the fuck does this even mean?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, like, like I, don't, I don't know what this genealogy yeah, is yeah. doing for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Every time a genealogy comes up in, like, the reading and, like, a sermon, they'll be like, don't ignore this. Um. Why Why did? Why is Christianity something that you chose? And how does it help you in your life? I mean, it's... When you reflect on it, especially, like, just, like, alone and you're thinking about it, I think what God does for you in juxtaposition with the lack of appreciation and, like, again, the evil in me, um, it's just unbelievable that that is happening right um like you're being saved and you don't deserve it right um and that's the biggest thing it's funny right i had a moment so for the last couple months i wasn't like thinking super clearly and so i just drove up to canada on a whim one day and what? like all these like bad Vancouver? Th- uh alberta Holy and like all shit, these bro. bad things were happening like i was supposed to have an apartment i lost it and then on the drive up i like drove into a freeway wall oh my god Um, and none of it bothered me but then the night i got there i was just like sitting there in the bathtub and it had been dry for like an hour at this point i was just like sitting there thinking and i thought about like the hymns i want sung at my funeral and um (laughs) i started crying and i was just like this what god does for you is amazing um yeah i think a lot of it is just that it's God does this for us without well, we don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the biggest. And then I think like, what if I didn't believe? Right. Um, You know, what if I was just left to my own devices? And then there's just questions of the world that are completely unanswered. Right. It's like, so I die. And then if I'm not believing, hopefully there's nothing. But mm-hmm. maybe I go to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just things like that. Like. I guess I can't really conceive a universe without it. Um, and maybe that seems like a cop-out, but it's uh, that's kind of one of the things that bring me back. Because I know last year there was a moment where, like, so many of my friends who were Christian were just leaving the faith. And it was, like, really bothering me. And yeah. then I started to think, like, what if I did too? Yeah. And then I was like, that's not a better life. Um,
0: why did they leave?
1: I don't know I mean I think different reasons I think a lot of it is just the pressure of like being in LA mm. and yeah like the no kid everyone dude. you know is like against it no way um, that's so sad that yeah. honestly is so sad it is um, yeah and some of my friends who were like so like theologically minded, ended up turning from it. And I think there, it was a cause of... They were just focused on the theology and not that relationship between them and God. Um, And especially not between them and other people. And Mm. I think, like, if that's not your focus, if, like, the love of God and the love of your neighbor Mm -hmm. aren't, like, central to what you're doing and, like, your attempt, you know, to be... to live a Christ-like life, Right. then it, it falls apart.
0: That's so interesting that you said that. Because literally, again, when I started stand up, and especially the podcast again, I did this through love, through the love of the craft, through the love of what I can do, my skills that I can bring mm-hmm. to be able to learn. And meeting people, that's what I found is just to doing it from a loving standpoint as opposed to some shady fucking, oh, I need to make this.
1: When you look at people who are like, I hate mics, I just want to do shows, or like, who i'm just trying to get followers they don't stick with it
0: yeah 100 percent, they don't
1: it's always fun. it's hard it's funny to me when people like a year or two in are like it's like i hate doing open mics i'm like well then quit yeah dude
0: <laughs> you gotta love it dude you gotta love the grind even if you have a bad one i've always done it where the first one is awful and then i'll just go to another one and i force myself to go to another one and that one i always do better
1: if you have a bad set go to another yeah. set immediately yeah yeah,
0: dude, I found that to be the best thing for me because when I would do bad, there was a time where I would just wouldn't go to an open mic, and mm-hmm. that was the worst thing I could have done for myself. And now that I see, is it, like, nope. If this is a bad one, just fucking do another one.
1: This is and this is a story I've told like on a couple other podcasts, but do you know Ryan Jennings? Yeah, yeah. So he his first ever set at the improv. Um, he tried his. He ended the set, and it was going well. And then he ended the set trying his first ever rape joke. Oh, God. He'd never tried anywhere oh, else. Oh, God.
0: Why <laughs> improv?
1: It, it, yeah, because that mic, like, you have a chance. And, um, he said it. One woman yelled, get off the stage. <laughs> and uh, he did. And he was so bummed. But I was like, like he starts leaving the improv. I'm like uh, I texted him, like, come to Carney's with me and Stanley because, like, the worst thing you can do is go home and, like, stew over it. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's what sucked about Alberta is if you bombed. It that's was it. A, it was a two-hour drive home. <laughs> <laughs> in pitch black and snowy weather, and you're just like, I suck. Fuck,
0: dude. Yeah, that's that's one thing that's really helped me get into just the acceptance of bombing. Yeah. Yeah, and growing that thick skin, like the calluses. I forget someone told me about the calluses of bombing, but...
1: And at a mic, you just gotta accept it and laugh at yeah, all Yeah, dude. Yeah,
0: and I, I go to—I think what helped too—I go to this fourth wall no one a lot, and mm-hmm. that fucking oh my <laughs> god, bro, dungeon. Yeah, that one's a tough one. Yeah, um, humbles and like, you real quick.
1: These weeks before the uh, roast battles, I'm bombing almost every set, and uh, but you just gotta be like, but I've done enough now to know that like these jokes that are bombing at these open mics are gonna hit hard at. The roast battle. Mm. Just because when you're running them at an open mic, it's not the context for it. Yeah. But you got to find out
0: which ones people like. Right, right. At yeah. least at least like a uh, a reaction to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. because no, all week I'm just like, oh, man, I got to do this again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, my brother, we're coming to a close right now. I usually cap in an hour. I appreciate cool. you so much for coming yeah, and doing for this, me. dude. And honestly, I'll, dude, you're fucking, I barely know you, dude, but fucking you're awesome, bro. Seriously. Thanks, and man. I... Best of luck to you in Toronto. I think you're going to do fine, bro. I can't, think you'll can't just wait fine. to see
1: where you're at when I come back.
0: Hey, man. Hopefully fucking,
1: hopefully a lot better than I am now. <laughs> when are you coming back? <laughs> oh, you will be. Um, I mean, if I win my roast battle, I still have the belt. So I'll have to come back in like a month. But um, I mean, I'll find reasons to come back. True.
0: Yeah. All right, my brother. We're Luke again, bro. I, th- I appreciate you. Let's let them know where you can find you.
1: Uh, Luke David Walls on Instagram and Luke Walls 222 on TikTok.
0: Perfect. Thank you again, brother. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye.